I'm so excited that today I get to open up scripture with you. I get to share some things that God has been teaching me. It's been an absolute delight to pray about and to think about, to ponder these things, and now I get to share them with you. So I'm looking forward to that, and I would love for us, before we step into that, to just take a moment and let's pray together. Let's invite Jesus to do what he does with his truths. So let's go ahead and close our eyes and pray. Father, what a joy to be part of this family that exists because you made it and you invited us and you pursued us and you drew us to it. And now we get to do this. We get to unite around who you are. We get to come out of our weeks and really so much that was in them that was, I've heard from so many people just what a difficult week it was. But we get to be here together remembering that we're part of something bigger. Jesus, it's because of you, because you gave your life. You gave your life for us. That's why we're here. And now we get to have your life in us. You share it with us. And Spirit, would you do what you do? Would you take the truths and would you illuminate them in our hearts today? Would you use what you are inviting us to, to make us a different people? And we ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Yeah. So we've been in a series this summer called Prayers of Renewal, and we have been looking at people in Scripture and prayers that people share with God in Scripture where they are looking for new life and they're experiencing it with God. It's been really amazing to look at the Scriptures and to look at the stories that Jesus gives us to live into that renewal, to give us examples of that renewal. So when I hear the word renewal, it does something inside me. When you hear it, when you take in that word and you ponder it, does it hit your heart? Renewal. I looked up the, the dictionary definition of renew, and I wanted to um, just show us here. Renew, to make like new, to restore to freshness, vigor, and perfection. So good, right? So good. And then when we take it and, and we take it to the God of the universe, the God who promises us renewal, we have a whole new truth and it becomes that, but it becomes even such a bigger demonstration of that because as we are renewed, our world gets renewed. The definition that Tim wrote that we've been focusing on and pondering and living out this summer is here. And I want us to just really hear this and take it in because it's so beautiful. Renewal is new life experienced in individuals, in communities, in cultures, when aligned or realigned with God's presence. This results in participation in God's kingdom, his kingdom purposes for the world. Oh, let's just sit in that for a minute. Wow. 
I'd love for us actually as a community to read this together, to read this definition, because when we speak it, we actually remember and we take it in in a different way. So I'll count down from three. <laughs> but the definition here that we're under for renewal is three, two, one. New life experienced in individuals, communities, and cultures when aligned or realigned with God's presence, resulting in participation in God's kingdom purposes for the world. Amen? Amen. Amen. I, I think we are all longing for this. This is what we want. This is why we're here. This is what we believe in. We believe that God wants to renew us and that when we align with him and experience him, we actually have something good to offer to the world around us because we have him to offer, right? So, I've had two questions this summer as we've opened up these stories and these prayers and we've been in scripture and we've been thinking about this and the first one is this what if what if what if we believed that what if we lived it what if that happened to you what if that happened to me what if that happened to every person here can you imagine the exponential renewal that would take place in our city, that would take place in our families, that would take place with our friends, our schools, our neighborhoods, it would truly change Portland. It would change our world. When I searched um, for scriptures, I, I just spent some time like, God, show me scriptures about renewal, um, looked, did a word search, did different, different studies on this. And one of the things that's really clear is that this whole book is about this. This whole book is about renewal. This whole book is about a God who wants to and is able to and is calling us to himself to renew us, to make us like new, to restore freshness, vigor, and, per and perfection so that we can bring his kingdom to the world. It was actually a little hard to narrow down the scriptures. There's so many I want to share with you. <laughs> but um, we'll just go through some ones that, that I felt like the Spirit was really leading us to where we can see what these different examples of renewal can look like for us. So let's go with um, the first one, Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't be conformed to this world, but have your mind renewed. Be transformed. Let's go to the second one. Colossians, do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the image of its creator. Our new self, when you give your life to Jesus, is being renewed into his image. All right. The next one is from Psalm. We just um, 
both Tim and Becky uh, talked from this passage recently, but um, Psalm 51, King David prays, knowing that God is able and that he can ask for this. Create in me a pure heart, O God. Renew a right spirit in me. Create a, a pure heart, renew a right spirit. And then in the same passage, restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. God can give us a pure heart. Isaiah, this is a favorite when we talk about renewal. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Another version of it says, wait. It's counterintuitive that when we wait on God, when we put our hope not in ourselves, not in our abilities, not in what we can do, what we can manufacture or create or strategize, God renews our strength. Second Corinthians, therefore, Mosaic, do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. I love that, renewed day by day. Inwardly our hearts are being renewed day by day. This is an active, ongoing. It doesn't just happen once. It's happening all the time. Ephesians, you were taught, I was taught, we were taught with regard to our formal way of life to put off our old self, here it is again, put off our old self, what was, what we were, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. We don't want that. To be made new in the attitude of our minds. There that is again, the attitude of our minds. And here we go. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. She is a new creation. The old has passed away and the new has come. Don't these just blow you away? Don't they just give you hope and invitation? Do you lean towards them? Do you want them? I do. I'm longing for them. I think our whole world is longing for this. Really, um, what we saw in those passages was um, just some things that we could pull out and see where we can experience renewal. So God wants to and is able to renew our minds, our strength, our joy, our spirit, our attitude, and our heart, the core of who we are. That's what scripture is talking about there. Oh, man. It's beautiful. You can see if these things, mind, strength, attitude, heart, joy, if these were things that we were all experiencing because we were in God's presence and we were aligned with him, how the world would change, right? You can just imagine. It gives us actually God's imagination for what's around us when we step into that. But I can't, I can't help um, getting to the second question on this one. I just, what keeps coming up for me when I think about this, what we want and what the world wants, is what's stopping us? What's stopping us from this? What's hindering us? 
Well, I've actually asked a number of you that are here today and some who are watching from home and with their house gatherings, I have asked a number of people out here who are part of the Mosaic family, what hinders us from experiencing renewal in the presence of Jesus? And, and here's what you told me. And I think we can all relate with most of these. Busyness, other relationships and obligations to those relationships, family, exhaustion. This season is exhausting. We're feeling it. Loneliness, depression, work, having no margin, and not knowing how. Not knowing how. So basically, this list, as you can hear it, and as you're probably going, oh yeah, that's, that's one for me, or that's, oh, I can relate with that one, or I'd add this one. Basically, what we see is that just about everything is pulling us away from renewal. Just about everything is pulling us away from experiencing God's presence. We go back to Romans 12 too, and it says, don't be conformed to the world. The world is trying to conform us. It's pulling us away from renewal. It's actively, all the time, pulling us away from God's presence. So as we've been talking about um, prayers of renewal, one of the things that I think we just all need to sit in is not information. We don't need more information, right? But I do think we need to feel the invitation that is there, the invitation from God of renewal. When we look at the definition that Tim wrote of renewal for us this summer, we see words like alignment. I think what alignment is really telling us is relationship. Presence, presence is relationship, right? What happens is that when we are in relationship with God, when we are in friendship with God, we experience renewal. Well, how do we experience relationship with God? Since so much is pulling against us. Well, there, there's a word here that I posit actually means relationship with God. And that's the word prayer. If you're like me, you might hear that and go, oh, that's it? Like, that's all it is? And I just want you to know I can relate with that. If you grew up like me, you probably, you might have had an experience of prayer that was formulaic. Or maybe you've spent a lot of time talking to God and it feels more like you're talking at God. And it's hard to feel the relationship that's there. It's hard to feel the friendship. Well, I actually looked up some, some different people and what they say about prayer. And uh, one person actually said, prayer is simply talking to God. And I thought, wow, man, that is, that is sure a part of it. That's sure a part of prayer, right? But I don't do that with my husband. I don't do that with my friends. I don't do that with people that I work with. I don't just talk to them. 
I make time and space for us to interact. I make time and space to listen, to hear something and to go back and forth on it. I tell them what's going on in my heart. I tell them what ideas I have and I listen for theirs and their feedback. That's what that looks like. So when we say prayer is relationship, it's more than just talking to God. I love um, how uh, David Benner says it. He says, prayer is opening yourself to God. And I just want to read this quote from him. But imagine how different your life would be if moment by moment you were constantly open to God. Think of how much your experience of yourself, your experience of others, and the world would change if you were continuously attuned to the loving presence of God and allowed the life of God to flow into and through you with each breath. Such a life would itself be prayer. For as we shall see, prayer is not simply words that we offer when we speak to God, but an opening of ourself to God. Wow, that's a whole different way of looking at prayer, isn't it? You can feel it. Oh, I'm experienced. I'm saying, okay, God, you can have this part of me. Okay, I'm thinking this right now. God, would you be a part of that? God, what do you have to say to me about this? Something I do with my family, something I do with some friends is actually just spend time alone and in stillness, just enjoying the presence of somebody near. That's another form of prayer, if you're doing it with God. I looked up um, some uh, studies, some studies of, of friendship and what, how much, they've actually done studies that show how much, um, how many hours quantify different levels of relationship. This is fascinating. Uh, you can, yeah, a casual friend or acquaintance, 40 to 60 hours, just to have a casual friend. That's a work week. <laughs> Hopefully the 40 hour end of it is a work week. Yeah, to have a friend, it almost doubles. 80 to 100 hours. And to transition from just being a friend to a good friend, you have to log approximately 200 hours with that person. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing that they can show when you do this, when you spend this time with somebody, this is what happens in so I was talking um, to a friend. I had the chance to meet with her a couple of weeks ago. She's just an awesome woman who has been a part. She's in her 20s. She's been a part of Mosaic for about the last uh, two years. And we've had some really good, just deep spiritual conversations, pondering and asking questions and exploring things together. And um, one of the things that came up in, in our conversation is that she grew up in the church. We were on staff in the church that she grew up with. She was surround, they were at the church all the time. They were around church people all the time. And um, she's just finding that exploration, that time that most of us go through and that many of us here are going through of, but what do I believe? I've been surrounding by this. I've been 
inundated by it, but what do, do I choose it? What do I choose and why do I choose it? And one of the things that she said, and I thought, oh, that's just such a perfect soundbite of what so many of us feel is, every time I ask somebody how to know God, they tell me to read my Bible. It's a good thing, by the way. <laughs> but how do I know God? It's like, isn't he supposed to be a person or something? And yes, God is a person. So when you think about that, when you think about that story and how many of us can relate to it, I mean, it might sound kind of scary, like, oh, she's questioning her faith, and, and she, she is, and it's actually a good thing. She will push into our faith, her faith, with that. So I'm so grateful that she's asking these questions. I'm so grateful she's talking about it with other people. What we talked about was just what does it look like to just open some space to God? What does it look like? Actually, the question that we boiled down to is where do you feel joy in your life? And what would it look like to invite Jesus into that and just spend that with him? Just spend that time with him. So we know many testimonies, probably those of us who've been around the church for any amount of time have heard, have heard the stories, the amazing stories of instant conversions where people have an experience with God that transforms their life. But often what we don't hear is what happens after. And often what we don't hear is what so many of us have experienced, which is We've been walking with Jesus for a long time, but we want more. There's more. And in seasons like this where we become self-protective because of everything that is going on around us, it's hard to open ourselves to God. That's actually hard. It's hard to live a life of prayer. What I want us to hear here, though, is that it's worthy and you will experience renewal if you do if you step towards god's invitation of friendship you will begin a life of having those things happen not just once but every day the more hours that you log in god's presence your friendship will grow, you will find yourself aligned, we will find ourselves aligned, we will find ourselves bringing God's kingdom purposes to our families and our neighbors and our schools and our friends and our city and our world. And that is God's plan to transform us and to transform our world. I wanna read you another quote here. This is also what Benner says. This is why prayer holds the possibility of being so transformational. So his definition of opening yourself to God. This is why opening yourself to God holds the possibility of being so transformational. Of course, through prayer, God can touch the world. But first and foremost, through prayer, through opening ourselves to God in everything that we're doing, 
God touches and changes us. We become whole as we learn to live in openness before God. And as we respond to God's constant inflowing life, God touches the world. I told you about my friend that I was talking with who's in her 20s, and I also want to just share a little story, a little bit about a friend that I was also talking to who's in his early 70s. He's been following Jesus for decades, and he's somebody that I go to for spiritual advice, for spiritual counsel, for prayer. He's a dear, dear friend to me. But some of the reason why I trust him is because I see God in him. He is experiencing that life with God that I want. And so I look at him and I say, how can I have that? How can I follow what you're doing to have that? And he has um, had a busy career. He's had a family. He has experienced joys. He's experienced pain and loss. But when you talk to him, you have the sense that in all that, he is experiencing friendship with God. So I asked him, what is it like to know God? What is this experience like for you? And I want you to hear what he said. And I'll, yeah, it's up there too to read. I carry on a habitual, silent, and secret conversation with God that fills me with overwhelming joy. Isn't that what we all want? That's what we all want. But I will tell you this, that did not start for him in one instance. That's a relationship that he made time. He's logged the hours. He's had the conversations. He's listened. He's opened more and more of himself to God. And God is still renewing him because of that. I actually just want to put that quote up again because... This is the fruit. This is a fruit, the fruit of pursuing God. I carry on a habitual, silent, and secret conversation with God that fills me with overwhelming joy. And I want to tell you, Mosaic, we, when we talk to him, all feel that. That's how it changes us. That's how it changes people around him. So my friend in her 20s took a step in that direction. She, the next morning after we talked um, about the specific conversation, she actually started to log the hours. She, I had asked her what, what brings her joy in her life, when, when does she experience joy, and one of the things she said is, when I drive through the gorge and I look at creation, when I look at the beauty of what's around me. And so what she did is the next morning, she got in her car, and she drove through the gorge, and she invited Jesus to be a part of that drive. And I can tell you that she didn't have an instant experience where all of a sudden there's a close relationship, but she started to step into that. And that's going to happen more and more, and that will happen for each of us as we step into it. So I guess Mosaic, all of this brings me to a third question. What's stopping us? What's hindering us? What is the thing in your life? What is the thing in my life? What is the thing in our lives that is hindering us from spending time in God's presence and logging hours of friendship with him?
I think we all have probably some similar answers, but I also know that the Spirit wants to show that to us. And so I just want to invite you right now to be thinking about that. We have some time right now to spend with Jesus as we move into a time of communion and worship. Let's invite Jesus into that. The beautiful thing about communion is this is the ultimate invitation. Jesus is saying, I love you this much. Jesus in John says, greater love has no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. Jesus wants your friendship and he gave everything so he could have it. I wanna invite you um, as we Remember this invitation as we come around and accept it and celebrate it. I want to invite you just to um, kind of pop the tab and peel it back, but don't take it yet. Would you spend a moment, I'm going to read some words, an invitation that Jesus has for you and for me from Matthew. What I'd love for you to do is to think about this, to think about this invitation And I'd love for you to ask the Spirit, Spirit, show me what is stopping me. And then I'd love for each of us here to think, what can I do this week to open myself to God, to open an area of my life, to open some time, to open ourselves to God. And when you're ready, when you have had that time of reflection with God, you can go ahead and take the the bread that represents his body broken, and you can drink the juice that represents his blood spilled, and you can celebrate that he wants to renew you and he will renew you in friendship. Would you go ahead and close your eyes and listen to these words, this invitation from Jesus from Matthew. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly.